Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis of Startups podcast, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Today, it's an honor to have Emily Bobbis, an experienced content specialist and entrepreneur with a track record of working in the share economy and the design and technology industry. Emily first cut her teeth in entrepreneurship working with Airbike Australia, helping this team secure a monopoly contract with the Canberra government. She then went on to co-found Compass IoT, a multi-award-winning tech startup that tracks speed and volumes for public and private vehicles to make traffic data more accurate and city planning easier. All this while completing her Masters of Commerce, learning Chinese through a diploma and a psychology degree. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. So mental health and entrepreneurship is one of the most underrated topics that's only really being talked about recently. And, you know, successful entrepreneurs achieve hero status in our culture. We celebrate the blazingly fast growth of startups, but, you know, behind all this success, there's often a can of worms. Emily, no one can deny that you have an impressive CV, but mm. behind all the scenes of, you know, the award-winning Compass IoT, Airbike Australia, and your three degrees, what did you need to do to achieve this? I think... The very impressive intro. Thank you, by the way. It makes me sound very <laughs> impressive to myself. The TLDR, I think, is a lot of coffee, first up. <laughs> but I think kind of more importantly is this idea of self-efficacy. So your belief in yourself, I think, is the best way to describe it. And managing your internal and external locuses of control. So when things go right or go wrong do you blame external circumstances or do you blame yourself? And I think managing that. So sometimes you might be like, okay, this something good has happened. Good for me. It was because I put in the effort and this happened. But then on the flip side, if something negative happens, you kind of don't want to always blame yourself. Of course, if you've made a mistake, I think it's important to say, okay, well, maybe I could have done this better, but there's no use blaming the entire thing on yourself if, if that makes sense. I think another thing that helped achieve all the startup-related goals was a longer-term mindset. I think with startups, people need to monitor their expectations and it's not like this I'm going to get rich in six weeks kind of situation. It's very much like running a marathon and monitoring your expectations and being kind to yourself about them I think is really important and not giving yourself this huge task and getting upset when you don't complete it, but it was separating that task into smaller manageable chunks so that you have little goals instead of this huge, big, formidable thing that might not be a realistic goal in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose going back to the managing expectation, when things don't happen, no expectations means no disappointment. And that mm. means, you know, you kind of have this sort of external perspective to be able to step back and reflect, okay, so what went wrong? What could we do to improve instead of getting emotionally tied to the success of you know, X, Y, Z, for example? Yeah. I, and I think it's, it's good to have that emotional connection because it's part of what motivates you as particularly if you're a, a startup that works in a team of one. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> it, it's also, I think, important to get a little bit of perspective. And it's like, okay, how much of this could I have actually controlled? Like if, if it was different, was I really at fault for this happening or was it something external that influenced this? Like, for example, you know, COVID. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So have you ever been burnt out, Emily? 
Definitely. I think if if anyone says, I have never been burnt out, then they're probably lying to you. Or (laughs) I do think though, because I threw this out to the Compass IoT marketing team, Harrison and Tien, and I was just like, so what do you guys think about this idea of burnout? And we were kind of got a bit stuck because I think that sometimes burnout is very hard to recognize in yourself or in others because everyone experiences it slightly differently particularly um, just when there's there's no set of, set of symptoms and, you know, one person might experience it completely differently to somebody else. How did you end up overcoming that burnout, Emily? I think maintaining outside interest is really important so that you have something to almost distract you in a way that you can escape, almost escapism, but in a good way and a beneficial way so mm. that you can get your mind completely off the startup just for a little bit. But I also think one of the best ways to tackle burnout is not to kind of work yourself to the point of burnout, but to be preventative. So taking those times away from work and setting boundaries throughout the entire process instead of working, 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 and then all of a sudden feeling terrible and trying to dig yourself out of the hole that you've created in your own by yourself. I also think just being really honest with your team and also yourself that if, if you're having a, a crappy week and uni has been piling on the work or your other job, like so many co-founders do have second or third jobs, is really piling on the pressure that week, you should be able to just speak to your team openly and say, look, I'm having a real, real you know, doozy this week and I just need one or two days just to get myself on top of this and then I'll come back and I'll be fine. And I think it's really, really important to have those conversations and if you're not then maybe you should try and start having them yeah absolutely self-awareness and communication is mm. is always vital i suppose do you think burnout is somewhat tied to biting off more than you can chew i definitely think so i think as well for entrepreneurs it's really difficult because you are your business and you kind of feel almost guilty if you stop working because if you don't work your business basically stops and so I think there's this really big pressure that if you give yourself time to yourself give yourself time to not work it could be from outside influences or even the voice in the back of your head that says why aren't you working you know you should be working on your startup you know you've put all this time into it like there's that pressure from inside as well as outside Oh, yeah, I can definitely testify to that. It's when you're, you know, allocated 30 minutes of your time. Okay, I'm just going to spend this to watch my favorite TV show. But as soon as the intro comes on, you're like, hmm, but I could also spend this 30 minutes doing, you know, X, Y, Z. I really needed to do that. (laughs) It's it's like the difference. I think there was a, a meme about it where it's like, oh, outside of semester watches Netflix, inside semester watches Netflix, but stressfully. (laughs) (laughs) Really, that's the only distinction there. So tell me, have you ever completely gotten rid of that, you know, feeling of guilt in the back of your mind? Or do you think that it's really always going to be there? It depends. I think I'm getting better at managing, again, it comes back to that expectations of yourself and just being kind to yourself. But I I do think that the guilt is going to be there, particularly as our team grows, because then it's not just I have to look after the startup because of myself, but because I now have a team and I'm responsible for other people and I want to make sure that I take care of them as well. So I think it the guilt changes. I don't think it necessarily will go away. Maybe it'll get a bit more quiet, but Mm. it's, it's no longer just 
you have to work on this because if you don't, your startup isn't going to go well. It's like if you don't work on this, there are now people who depend on you. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose this whole kind of mental health and productivity seesaw, it's nothing new really. And it seems like quite a very fine line between taking time off to work on your mental health and relax. Mm. But at the same time, where do we draw the line between perhaps just being lazy? Where do we recognize you know, the difference between that? Yeah, it's, it's really hard. I, I think setting goals for yourself does really help with that. So you can, I mean, it, each person's definition of laziness, I think will change. But say for, I might set myself two or three goals in a day and, you know, maybe I complete all of them and move on to extra work, or maybe I only complete two of them. It completely depends. If I know that maybe I didn't complete that third task because I kind of stopped halfway through and went off and kind of distracted <laughs> myself somehow, then... Check the fridge for the 50th time. Yeah, see if anything's changed. <laughs> that I think I would feel a little bit more like, okay, well, that was a little bit maybe not the best decision to make. But yeah, yeah I, I I don't think giving yourself breaks should be considered lazy. Yeah, absolutely. So Emily, you know, work-life balance is quite a buzzword everywhere. <laughs> and do you believe that it exists in a startup, especially when you could easily just pick up your laptop and start work anywhere, anytime? Yes and no. I I think it's kind of harder in a startup because I do so much work from home that it becomes mentally very hard to kind of segregate or separate home life and work life. It's not like I go to an office for eight hours a day and then I come home and I can compartmentalize. I'm always have the opportunity to work. And I think that's one of the most difficult aspects about having to try and balance that yourself and figure out what works for you. Yeah. And you briefly touched upon it before about setting goals. What is your way of setting goals? Because sometimes when we're setting goals, say for the week, we might be over exuberant to predict that, you know, Mm. we're going to be able to accomplish all of these. And then little do we know, we start to eat off into relaxation time and it never really happens. I think one way I do it is I kind of do the opposite and I schedule time to do other things so that that way I kind of like, okay, well, I have to get work between here and here done because after, you know, maybe like two o'clock, I'm going to like a a class at the gym. And I think Mm. being able to schedule that time off helps you focus a little bit better. Like I, I think when I was at uni, being busier, I think makes it easier to segment your time because you know exactly when you have to do stuff for uni or for something else and then you had this other set of time where you can do startup work or you might have time to kind of go out with people it it kind of makes it easier in a sense when you're busy yeah no I love that it's um instead of thinking of your leisure time or perhaps even other commitments you have as as you mentioned your studies as an afterthought you put it as a priority and, mm. and look at your week afresh and say, okay, these are where I need to prioritize existing commitments and myself. And then any time afterwards, that's what you allocate to the startup, for example. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I think because I do a lot of co-curricular on purpose to kind of get my mind out of the headspace so that I'm not kind of getting tunnel vision, I think it's important to look at your outside 
outside achievements and outside involvements as an addition to your list of achievements rather than a hindrance, if that makes sense. So instead of thinking of your outside activities or achievements as hindrances to who you are as a person and your other startup related achievements, they should be considered as additions to your list of kind of personal goals and personal achievements. What are some misconceptions about starting your own business? There's a lot, as you can probably (laughs) imagine. Um, I just realized how broad that statement was. (laughs) I think I was talking again to my team about this and One of the issues that people find, particularly in the beginning initial stages, I was going to say the startup stage, but you're always kind of a bit of a startup. So (laughs) in the initial stage, people around you kind of see it like a glorified hobby. They're kind of like, oh, that's really nice and really, really cool. But I think when you start getting more serious about it, people, instead of being more encouraging, can get more concerned. And I'm sure the concern comes from a place of like support and caring because they don't want you to kind of make a huge risk and end up in some trouble. But during the initial stages, particularly from my family, who I thought would be really supportive, were kind of like, oh, that's that's nice. When are you getting a real job? <laughs> as, mm. if, as if working at a startup is somehow a fake job. And that was something I really didn't expect. I kind of expected people to be really supportive and you don't necessarily get that even from people who are really close to you. Yeah, definitely. And it seems to just all crumple together. I mean, mm. mental health in a startup is you know, dubbed one of the worst ever. And to find that people that you loved not showing the amount of support that you thought they would, it seems to be kind of like a kill all birds with one stone sort of situation mm. there. Yeah. I mean, so with that being said, then, where can you find support if not your f- close friends and family? And how did you do it? I think having a belief in the idea and also having a really supportive team. So I think Compass IoT, we were really, really lucky that our three co-founders, including myself, were like really tight-knit. It was kind of a little bit beyond a business relationship. It's that you actually care about people as people and not just Mm. somebody you're in business with. And then I think the second thing is also having those networks. So when we went through the Genesis program, all of a sudden, all of these entrepreneurs just come out of the woodwork and you're like, where did you come from? And so (laughs) you've suddenly got like 10, 20 entrepreneurs that you're like, I have the same problem. And then you you kind of band together in this little forbidden kind of group. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. What is your way of motivating yourself? (sighs) It's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) I think reminding yourself of the tangible impact that you can have, particularly with Compass IoT, like I really think that we have the potential to really revolutionize how traffic data is collected and it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity and I think that in itself is such a motivating factor. The analogy that I kind of use is it's like building an IKEA table. You <laughs> you put so much work from scratch in building this table and even if it's kind of like not the best table you've ever owned because you know how much time and effort went into building it you have more of an appreciation for it oh yeah i mean it's yours and your own brainchild i suppose (laughs) Uh, i suppose the motivation comes naturally when you're working on you know either something that you're incredibly passionate or about or you feel this sense of ownership towards what you're building yeah I've also just had some really terrible experiences with jobs that I thought I would like. So I 
I did an internship in China over one of my like summer breaks and I I really hated it. Like <laughs> I, I was at a desk from like 8.30 to 5.30 every day and it was just just monotonous and I was like I could not do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, would, I would go nuts. The other thing that motivates me is this other – I wouldn't say negative, but kind of very eye-opening experience I had at a, a mixer night. I was asking a person that had worked at one of those really big consultancy firms, and I was like, you know, that's so cool. When you were at uni, what did you put on your CV or your cover letter to make you stand out so that you could you know, get this job? And they kind of looked at me and they're like, oh, well, when I went through uni, not a lot of people also had a job and studied. So I got the job because I had a job and I was kind of like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> I, it was, it was almost like a inception. Of, yeah. Or like a bit of disillusion with the system had kind of broken through. And I was like, what do you mean you got a job out of uni just because you like delivered papers on the weekends between your degree. And I think, that really stuck with me that now to get a job maybe in an equivalent company, you you know, you have to go through these rigorous processes of the graduate programs and stuff, which is, you know, they're still really, really good programs, but I just couldn't see myself doing it. And I was, I kind of got really determined. I was like, well, if you're not going to hire me, then I'm going to hire myself. Like <laughs> <laughs> Creating your own job. Yeah. Break this Basically, particularly when now you've got such talented graduates coming out of uni who are almost over overeducated, if you want to say, in a sense, and it's it, it's so much more competitive to get a single position that it was just kind of, do I want to? How do I want to spend my time? Do I want to spend it trying to apply for all these things and maybe getting a little bit upset that I'm not getting through to these final rounds, or? maybe I should try a completely different route and, you know, take a bit of a risk and make something on my own that I can be really, really proud of and say, well, I made that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And if it works out well, well, I mean, perhaps this could replace the job that you were seeking after all. Exactly. So Emily, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Genesis of Startups. It was incredibly valuable having you talk about your entrepreneurial journey and essentially how to look after yourself whilst studying and balancing so many different things like a startup. To our audience, I hope you found it incredibly valuable. If you'd like to learn more about Emily or about Compass IoT, feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time.